Ask the GM's podcast, episode seven. Old school Renaissance role playing and more. This is Zach from Ask the GM's. Welcome you to join this podcast this evening. I've been a GM for years and I love playing RPGs, board games, and talking about them. Passing it on to Pat. Hey, everybody. It's Pat again. I'm a second generation DM. I've kind of fallen off the horse for a little bit, but I'm uh, mainly here to have a good time. RC? Uh, hey, I'm RC, and I'm the honorary cult member for our topic for today. Uh, handed it off to Brian. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian, uh, still aspiring GM and new RPGer. Um, and I will hand it off to Lindsay. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay, uh, and I've just been playing uh, our TTRPGs for about six years now. I mainly play uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5e, uh, and I'm stoked to be here again. So, uh, RC. <laughs> did you see what I did oh. there, bud? Oh, we might be jumping the gun. We should start We should start at the broader tree of things. <laughs> but it's, I think Pat is mentioning it's more that he stole your intro. Oh, well, I figured that. <laughs> All right, so uh, Zach, want me to go ahead and do the shout out? Sure, go for it. All right. Well, as per usual, we would like to give a shout out to Cape Fear Games. We appreciate you guys hosting, you know, hosting events, putting all that work together to do that, having the store for us to all hang out and enjoy one another's company and uh, ease of access to products and. Uh, if not for Kate Fear Game, I, I don't believe I would have met you guys. So I am very much appreciated for it. I would definitely second that. They're a great location and they have a great staff and a great demo library of games. RC, would you like to lead the topic? Of the OSR, the great old school renaissance? Sure. Uh, so in lieu of how things have been going with uh, D&D, I think it may have started back in 3.5 or 4th edition. Um, a lot of creators started to bounce back into trying to run role-playing games the way that they first did back in the 70s. Um, and that's our topic for today, is the old-school renaissance style of role-playing games, covering things from uh, Morkborg to DCC RPG. And Pat, you had another one? Yeah, um, Mutant Crawl Classics was one that was near and dear to me and we'll talk about later. Um, also, there's other ones as well that I'm sure we'll fail to mention. Another one that comes to mind to me is Old School Essentials, which is basically a D&D Advance clone slash upgraded baby. I don't know. Uh, and that's the only ones that come to my mind. Is uh, Zach, you have any more that you could think about? There are a lot. Like there are, It's almost like... like when you see D&D originally get created, all the knockoff of D&Ds that existed then, there are more than a couple different games that are in the OSR. We named a small handful. But mainly ones we have, or at least a little bit of experience with. Um, That being said, RC, you want to talk about the one you're most interested in, Morkborg? Yeah, let's see if I can get anybody else to join the cult. Um, (laughs) I hopped on the wagon for Morkborg. Uh... A year ago now? A year ago. And I finally got a hold of the book in November. Um, unfortunately, I think I only got a really brief sort of half-adventure with you guys into it. Um, I know a lot of us rolled characters. We did We did roll characters. I think there were several characters were rolled. Um, most of the experience that I've had with it has been through 
um, a solo role-playing supplement, which is one of the things that I really like about the OSRs, and particularly Mortborg's exploded recently with the whole Watsy controversy where people are making supplements for it left and right. Um, and it is the Doom Metal RPG. It essentially tells you that the world is going to end, and that's one of the main mechanics, is that every day, time is ticking closer to the end, and uh, you're dumped into a meat grinder where you're expected to, you know, enjoy the revelries of life or try to prevent the apocalypse or at least slow it down. Yeah, I know Micah from Cape Fear Games. He's their general manager. He likes more work a lot. Is there um, any... I guess historical lore because uh, I guess the game's all about doom. Uh, do you know if there's like any um, Viking gods or Norse gods or anything like that, or yeah. any more fluff to the setting? There is a little bit of fluff. Um, there is a main continent that it takes place on, and it's generally regarded that you don't want to go anywhere outside of that because it's just really bad. Um, let me see if I can't find the name of it. I know what little of the artwork I've seen has been kind of dim, grim, like, I guess, uh, heavy metal band CD looking kind of artwork. Yep, it definitely has album cover art, and they recently just put out Cyborg, so the Cyborg version. Uh, it takes place in the land of Gallenbeck, or uh, Tevland. And as far as gods, there's they aren't gods, but there's these two giant two-headed basilisks. One of them is the mother of the other one. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know and how that works. It, it's kind of, it's really chaotic because there's a bunch of dead basilisks in this one part of the world. That just don't go there. It's not a good place to go. And dead are crawling up out of the grounds and getting ready for the apocalypse. It's good fun. Um, but essentially there's this calendar that was predicted by the one of the two-headed the male two-headed uh anyways the male two-headed hydra thing and it's predicted the series of events that will lead to the end of the world well give it two or three hundred years and then people started to realize oh man a lot of these have happened all together we're getting real close to the end of the calendar um i think the king is dead there's a vampire countess that's you know, essentially killing all of the great warriors that are left in the world. Um, there's a city to the far east that apparently is either going to be sunken into the sea or all of its citizens will be driven into the sea. Uh, there's undead crawling up out of the ground all over the place because the dead don't want to rest and they want to take as many as they can with them. It, it's it's a good blast. Now, as I hear this, I'm kind of, I don't know, my headcanon at least is thinking... Elden Ring or Dark Souls? Do do you think that would Maybe be kind if, of akin if, to it? Uh, if dying actually dying just straight up kills you, you you don't get to come back. They <laughs> <laughs> did. I got gotcha. you. RC, do you Fair want to cover character real creation. quick? Um, it does kind of hark back to the older style of character creation, where you roll three d six and you get a modifier based off of that. But that modifier is your stat for the rest of the game. Anytime that you're checking anything. You're checking that stat. And anytime that you make a roll, you're rolling against yourself. So um, say you have a plus two to your strength. If you need to hit something, you're always rolling a 12. If you need to dodge, then you're going to be rolling against your reflexes. If your reflex is a minus one, 
you still need to roll a 12, but now that it's going to be a minus one, you're going to have to roll a 13 or higher. Um, as far as like on DM side of things, you could literally just pass off control of a monster to each player and have a player play out the monster. It's, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, and just have players roll against their own stats to see if they, how well they're doing in combat. Um, now, just from like the solo play that I've gone through, I think it really holds a place for something that I've wanted to find in a role playing game that kind of free ups, frees up the need for a GM, um, for like a pass the sort, pass the torch style of game. And I think it's really close to what you would need to do that, where it's very rules light. Um, there's creative interpretation for things, and I, I think one of the things that we had come up in character creation that kind of pointed out how loosey goosey it was with rules. Not not to the point that it isn't. There aren't like a standard set of things that you have to follow through with, but there's enough creativity for you to build on what it gives you. Um, that you could make systems if it really needed it, but it kind of doesn't. Now you mentioned solo play. I'm a big fan of Thousand Year Vampire, which is like a journaling RPG, but it's specifically solo play. Lindsay, you've borrowed that from me. What do you think about solo RPGs in general or any of that? I think it's incredible. And I've only, and I I did borrow it from you and I have picked it up and I did start. Um, and it's, it's it, it like you said it's it's basically like a journal play so you start and then um as you go you're flipping pages and as you go you're um kind of and it's and it's fun because when you are creating a character it didn't take long you're just flipping through a couple pages and and answering questions but you're writing them out um it reminded me of something that i really love that my brother loved which were um which were you know book based um choice based rpgs or book based choice books basically choose your own adventure books um yeah, kind of long of that. Book it's book. like a long form version of that that's that you actually get to sit there and journal through it it's it's really cool i i hope i get to do more of it um but i've i've, I've only scratched the surface of it um and that's the only the solo play that i've ever played but i really really enjoy, it seems like it's going to be really cool and your feelings towards Morkbork so far well, I'm flipping through here. Uh, first of all, the art in this edition is really cool that I'm looking at right now. Um, it is very uh, rock and roll, uh, and I'm looking at and I'm looking at some character creation stuff, uh, and it looks like it's it's really simple. And I think it just I, I kind of want to play it like right now <laughs> a little bit. It looks like fun. Um, I just, I think, I, I think I'm trying to flip back and find this. I think there's a page where it was like you roll in the beginning to see what, what kind of equipment you yep. have or what you start out with. And I think for you, like there was one yep. where you could roll and get a donkey <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, you get a donkey, not bad. Or you can have something else above this if you want, but like, why would you? I obviously want a donkey. A donkey is all you need. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need in a, in a hellscape. It it chops, it kicks, it bites, it yells, it does all yeah, just some, it does all things. But no, this this is just like something fun. to point out in there. Just because somebody is looking at it, thank God. Um, so there is magic in the game. Screwing up magic is bad. One of the things that can happen to you is you summon one of the gods, and they literally just eat you. <laughs> That's a as it sh- as it should be. Yep. And Brian, Ooh, 
I like the traits. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, go on, Brian. Um, I also was very drawn to the artwork. Um, it looks like it, uh, you know, could melt um, in a uh, certain context if uh, you catch my drift. Um, definitely of a style, and it's very cool. It's trippy. Um, I also am, am looking through it and uh, learning a great deal. The uh, you know, I, I I like the idea that classes and races are one and the same. Um, that's pretty cool. So like you're either a wizard or an elf. Um, so I, I, I dig that. It's pretty cool. And, you know, anytime you're like rolling for character creation, um, you know, you're letting fate decide and I'm down for that. Continue RC. I mean, I, I just really want to get into this game. I, I really like it. Now that there are people that are like, Hey, would you guys like to get into this? Cause it, it is a meat grinder from, the times that I have played, like, uh, I will start out and be like, you guys need to make three characters. Just go ahead and have a backup ready in case you do die. We can drop you back in and everything's fine. Because, go ahead. Now, I was going to book you, uh, RC. When you mentioned, like, pass the torch kind of mm, play style, ooh, what do you mean? Is everyone, you know, cooking up their own scenes? Or so I don't know, I'm trying to understand. With like a pass the torch that. style of of game, the DM role is never actually fulfilled. It's all done by the players. So um whenever it's time to pass the torch, say that a scene finishes, say that uh we get to a certain part of a, a dungeon. We have decided that we are going to a dungeon. Um we can resolve how we get there or how long it's gonna take, blah 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 blah. And all of our characters can play through a yeah. scene up until we get to the dungeon, depending on how many we decide. And then when we get to the dungeon, the, each part of the dungeon will be its own scene, and each person gets a chance to describe what's going on there. I think it'd be messy, but the way that the artwork is designed, and I, I figure you could find a way to fit into the theme of it and make make things that are clearly like, oh no, this is dark and messy. It's going to be dark and messy everywhere we go. So would would like at the tabletop you would say have a a module in the middle of the table and it has you know say the dungeon that you're going to in it and y'all take turns you know going through the dungeon and describing the room yep. kind of deal and what's going on. Oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and like uh, there's, I think it's in the directory book. There is a hex crawl that they. Uh, made and I, I I would think it would be a blast to go through a hex crawl and be like, okay, uh, there are different kinds of runes, blah 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 blah. And then you make a small miniature dungeon. So whoever rolled for that and decided that's what we found, they get to make their own miniature dungeon that everybody else has to play through because their character is holding the torch. What that sounds fun. <laughs> that that is that's unique. I'm I'm interested in that for sure. I also yeah, want to point out. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, you go ahead, Lindsay. I was just going to say I'm I'm still flipping through this book. And um, and I just want to point out that there is a part of the book called Troubling Tales, which is basically like you can find like a backstory or something that recently happened to your character by rolling. But it also says you can roll a d20 or throw a knife at the page on the right. And so it just sounds like different things in different squares. 
that you i feel like that encapsulates this like i think the, the theme there's of a, this there's really a thing well. on the calendar page i don't have it pulled up right now but like if you if the world ends it says burn the book <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah uh, that's what i bringing up the uh the fact that the world is ending and that's how that's just the premise of the game basically or the premise of the game and then everybody gets to create their own like room and um there's not all not everything falls on the the gm to you know do all the work it's pretty cool okay i see no, anything it, else it's on this really topic? something that i want to get into and get started on if if we can get the chance at some point in the near future, but I'm going to let everybody else's games play out for a little bit and then see if I can't get a a couple of these in so we can get an idea how it works. Yeah, no, that would that would probably still be a really good like break game or palate cleansing game. So our next topic is Dungeon Crawl Classics, also known as DCC. It's made by Goodman Games. Uh, they are famous in addition to doing this line. They did the Dungeon Reincarnated line. Uh, RC and Pat, you have played their version of Temple of Elemental Evil, and you've also ha- had some time with the DCC books. What do you think about the company, their production, just in general, before we get onto the game itself? Um, well, I'm going to say, first off, that I feel like Goodman Games has made a product very uh, kind of lighthearted and fun-forward. You could definitely tell that they enjoyed you know, the thing that they made. As far as the artwork, which is throughout the entire book, I think every single page has a piece of artwork on it, to be honest. Um, it's that really old... What what era style kind of artwork would you call that, Zach? Like 70s or 80s? 80s. It's 80s. Yeah. <laughs> very 80s, very dark-lined. Um, all the characters have crazy expressions. It's just... Super fun artwork, and I love all of it. It reminds me of old cartoon shows I used to watch. Uh, you got anything else on on the art there, Zachary RC? Uh, just a quick thing, because it it really it just brings me so much joy to see the campy parts of D and D brought back in the DCC system and their artwork style. It's just it's great. <laughs> no, I like the art overall, and it is nice to go back to like when I was a kid. That was like the art you'd see in books. Yeah. Um, beyond the art, so as far as the system of the game, um, you know, it's much like we're familiar with, with you know, older DC, uh, not DCC, D&D-esque games. Uh, you know, everybody has their core stats, so on and so forth. Um, let's see. The big thing that is new to me with this system is they incorporate seven more dice to the normal seven that were used to with tabletop RPGs. So we have 14 dice, and uh, I think they call it the dice ladder or dice chain. But effectively, these are bonuses. So, you know, say Zach's DMing for the game for us, and I normally roll a d20 to hit with my short sword. Well, say I, I don't know, have a magic short sword, so then I start rolling with a d24, so on and so forth. So... You go up or down in the dice chain, which um, increases the strength or capabilities of your characters. Um, let's see. Zach, do you want to cover the whole funnel meat grinder section? 
Well, before we get that, we have to get to character creation, but that we'll cut to the funnel too. So initial character creation, most people tend to roll up. Uh, some people say seven. I usually see five. You get to roll up five random characters. And like traditional D&D, like you're not a hero. You're like a farmer or like a candlestick maker, a hunter. You are Joe Blow NPC for most other RPGs. And yeah, I know like, I've been a, a tailor and a cobbler and uh, a s- several different food farmers. See, that sounds really fun. <laughs> I like it because, you know, in D&D, it's like, oh, I'm a warlock. Okay, yeah, but what do you do for work? <laughs> you know? Warlock stuff. I, I, I'll, I'll say I think Shell the smells. best one to start out with by far is a woodcutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you get the axe. Heck yeah. So yeah, you get to roll up your character, you get to roll stats, and if you roll bad enough, you can have negative modifiers. Like, So you can have a negative modifier to basically what, what equates to your con, and then you roll HP and you roll negative, you just die. Like immediately? Yeah, you, you don't have HP, you die. Yeah, you're basically a stillborn baby. Like, cool, there cool, you go. Cool, cool, That's cool. what that character is. And then you get to roll basically for like your astral like what star you were born under and then like what your luck is and then mentioning what pat mentioned everyone goes into a funnel dcc has several books that have funnels and the funnel's like hey everyone here's this dungeon we're sending everyone through it and the handful of clowns that survive those are going to be your characters they get to be that crisp level one now one thing i will say after the funnel um having Two characters, or even three. I, and when we get to Mutant Crawl Classics, I had to play six characters after that funnel. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I find it unique and fun that you can have like two or three characters, and I don't know, it's it just feels nice because you can craft interesting conversations between your characters. They can be buddies, or they can hate each other. But it's it's just fun having multiple characters, and the system itself is, you know. You have so few skills and so few things that one character can do. It's not hard to run multiple characters, so it almost feels natural to run multiple. Yeah, you're not looking at a sheet of like 10 things. It's like, no, there's maybe six things on there. Yeah, which is why I think they can easily get away with doing that. So I I thought that was unique to both DCC and MCC. RC, what were your characters' names when we Uh, did that big tournament of pigs? I know Nar lived. Um, it was Havvar, Hasvar, and Hadvar. And then Nar lived. <laughs> I remember um, one interesting character creation session. I rolled nothing but four hobbits. and Yes. Uh, or halflings in their setting. And I was like, okay, uh, this is my life now. <laughs> And, and you know, once we get to the end of the grinder, it's like, oh, who do you want to play? And I'm like, well, there's this Hobbit or that Hobbit. But uh, also the funny thing is, is, you know, Zach was mentioning you could roll negative stats. So you get into the meat grinder situation. You know, it is what it is. So you have, you know, I had a character named Lemmings or Chungus or whatever that is destined to die. He's the guy that's going to open the door. He's going to push the switch for me so that my good guys live. So yeah, I, I, I definitely had people with like negative luck or like one HP and horrible stats. Like, Hey, go, uh, clown McGee, go hit the statue. What? I don't know what it does, but go slap it a couple times. 
Yep. I love hirelings when they can do all your dirty work for you. Now, I know we didn't get too far into it, but uh, from what I understand, there there wasn't so much an experience system as money was experience. Like, it, it was, was dual-purposed. Yeah, that's an old throwback to original D&D. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Lindsay or Brian? I mean, I just kind of want to roll a bunch of characters now and see what I come up with. <laughs> I do too, and I want to name them Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I already have a plan. All dead. All dead Wait. immediately. <laughs> they never hatch. <laughs> it's fine. Or what if we did like Alvin and the Chipmunks? Oh they, they Alvin! Alvin! <laughs> um, I will say that the Torment of Pigs module that Luke was running was rather fun because it was so well, it was all contained but open-ended at, at you know, they show up that first trial and it's like here's a bunch of grease and these pigs and they don't tell you what to do with them so I'm like over there punching the, the guy that you know cages the pigs or lets them loose I was I was just there to sow chaos and turn them into pigs. It's a pretty good box set. I will say Luke's a, a newer DM, so he kind of I don't think he had his footing right. Like like supposed to be like a big wheel we roll on, but we never saw the wheel, and like there were clues we should have gotten, but we didn't we didn't get. So I think with some more prep time, he could have ran that a little better. Yeah, still entertaining. All right. Well, Zach, uh, shall we go on to Mutant Fall Classics? Unless someone else has something on this topic. All right. Well, guys and gals, let me try and sell Mutant Crawl Classics to you. So um, a buddy of mine first approached me with this, and I was like, oh, I'll play a little bit of DCC. Let's see what this is like. So we pick up the book. I see, um, oh, God, I, I can't tell you now because uh, I'm not looking at it. But there was this mutant roach man with a laser rifle shooting a giant ant. And I was like, oh, oh, this looks up, up, up my alley. And as, as far as the pitch, it was post-apocalyptic, He-Man Masters of the Universe, 90s uh, Saturday morning cartoons all wrapped up into one bit. <laughs> and I was like, so we could play Ninja Turtles? Or street sharks or something like that in this world. And it's like, yep, it would completely make sense. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. Um, so going further into it, there's uh let's talk about some of the creatures or again, it's creatures are the same as classes in this, uh, for the most part, unless you're a human. So basically in this world there's hu- humans that are pure strain, so you know, they didn't fall to the, you know, fallout of the world. Then you have uh, the species of mutants that have, you know, any kind of mutation you can dream of. And then there's the manimals, the, all the animals that turned into humanoids. And then there was plantians. So, again, plants that turned into humanoids. Swamp thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. I was kind of thinking of, um, what was that cactus Digimon? Because I ended up having a cactus character at one point in time. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in here. Like the uh, the premise, um, like Pat said, I'm I'm sold. Um, I'm in. Like any any kind of crazy post apocalyptic. These are some crazy, you know, new 
beings that are on the planet, I'm in. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. Also, I loved your poll of street sharks because I haven't thought about street sharks in a really long time. <laughs> and I just had a childhood flashback sitting here and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I fucking loved street sharks. <laughs> yeah, or I um, play a street shark. I I would I would allow because I, I do definitely intend yeah. to run it. Um, what were those was it mutant rat bikers from yeah. Mars? Does anyone yeah. remember that show? Yeah. Mutant bikers from Mars, yeah. Oh no, I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Uh, uh, you can YouTube that later. You can still like watch the intro. Yeah. Oh heck yeah! yeah. I'm gonna do that. I'm running it down. Or uh, God, what was that one where there was toxic slime? Toxic Avenger. Um, toxic Avenger. By that the way, that too. that movie is super dark, and the cartoon show does not reflect that movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I didn't know that. Uh, is it a live action movie? Yeah. Oh boy. It's okay. it's it's about as dark as the original Evil Dead. Like it goes the whole distance. Oh, wow! Um, could could I make like ah real monsters like characters? Yeah. Oh my Most god! Definitely. Crumb, okay. just crumb walking around. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let me let me delve deeper into what's going on. Um, so within their system, um, there is magic, but. Magic is old technology, so, you know, they'll see a cassette player or, um, you know, a boombox or something. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a relic from the past. It must come from the ancients. And, you know, they could worship uh, uh, an iPod shuffle or something like that. <laughs> but they'll, they're shamans or mystics are people that are able to interact with these technologies. So there is still, and this is why I say like He-Man, the Masters of the Universe, they still have laser guns and things that they don't understand. And in fact, I think one of the first meat grinders you come into contact in Mutant Crawl Classics is where um, there's an AI that's left over from, you know, the before times and is controlling a bunch of robots that you have to put your characters through the grinder for. And there's another one where there's a mutant hive queen where there's giant ants that you have to run through the tunnels for through and try and kill her and survive from these giant mutant ants. There's another one where you got to fight a guy who's basically like a wow player. Oh, that's so good. You'll have to tell me more about that one, Zach. What, what is, what is he piloting robots or something or what? So like he's in the center of this big city that's like protected by AI, but like he's just playing. Wow. And then your 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 team goes in there like ah, and like some of them have to you have to fight them both in the knockoff wow, and then in real then in real life. Oh wow! Um, so as far as mutations, they can get really crazy. Um, let me run down some characters I've either made or played with. I I know one of the guys I really liked. I called him Chungus. He was basically um. Bebop from uh, Ninja Turtles, like Bebop and Rocksteady. He was the Warthog Pig. He had super speed, and he could transform into the shapes of uh, an inanimate object, so he could turn into a ladder or a flotation device. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I love him so That's much. That's great. Yeah, uh, so he's pretty handy-dandy. Um and I think he had a, a fairly good luck skill. I know I know he was one I, I treasured. 
then there was another guy. Um, he was an animal of the insectoid kind. And what he could do is he could rub his hands or legs together to make a sonic blast of energy. And I called him Zorak from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> Except for later on, he mutated again and ended getting like a super hard carapace. And he was basically the most tanky dude I had. Um, so I'm I know. Sorry, do you do you mutate? Do you mutate more? Do you continue to mutate or? Yeah. So oh, cool. as as you're going through the world, you know you'll contact come in contact the old ooze or radiation, blah blah blah. And basically, you'll ro roll on a mutation um, table to see if you do mutate or if you resist or not. And not all the mutations are good. Some are bad. Sometimes yeah, some of, the, some like, of them oh. are very bad. Yeah, like, oh, you'll have no legs now. So you'll just be <laughs> scraping along with your arms oh, or oh, what have you. Um, I know one person was... Um, he was another animal, he or manimal as they're called. I think he was like a bison or something. Um, and, but he ended up having webbed feet. So whenever I was doing some artwork, I drew. Uh, well, or let me go further into some of his powers. He had the ability to stretch part of his body up to like lengths of a hundred foot or something like that. And then he also had telekinesis. But whenever we saw the stretching capability of him, I just drew Jake the dog and added web feet and bison horns. <laughs> wow. His name was Brian, too. Brian the duck. Right. Okay. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know you at this time, Brian. No affiliation. <laughs> You're forgiven. It's okay. <laughs> whoa, but, whoa, whoa, know, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, this is Brian's spirit animal now. <laughs> Hey, I would love to be Jake the dog myself. I mean, he's pretty awesome. Um, but that being said, you know, there's so many tables to be rolling on because, you know, you'll roll to be if you're human, manimal, plantian, or mutant. There's so many wacky mutations. Um, and some of them were not super great. A friend of mine, she had rolled um, a mutant that had metallic skin, but she was extra hairy and tall and could shoot lasers out of her eyes. So it kind of made, or in our head canon, it's like, okay, you're a hairy mecha Godzilla. <laughs> oh, and she had a tail too, so. You gotta so, keep that balance. Yeah, you can make some freaks in this. Sometimes you don't have the choice. It just happens, but you roll with it and you make it work. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that I, I want to introduce to you guys. I had um, a crazy amount of fun doing it. Um, tables, random tables to roll, all sorts of jobs. It's same, um, let's see, same jobs as, say, you would be in DCC. So even in post-apocalypse, they still have farmers and hunter-gatherers, so on and so forth. No podcasters, though. No podcasters. That's, that's, no, that's not a question. They, they died. <laughs> um but yeah I don't, Zach, is it did you say you've got it up on our drive it should be i know dcc's on there Please, i want to play it so bad now it sounds and, so much like so much fun yeah but i do intend to run it this summer or two-headed serpent one of the two and we'll see where checking we're out at. just based on the descriptions you've given me it's given me really big quad kids mm -hmm. and quad vibes 
and I think that may have been inspired uh, by this. Uh, yeah, I was just riding a nostalgia wave the whole time. I was like, this is every cartoon I've ever seen jammed into one. Well, and, and maybe just, um, go ahead. It made me think about it. I was looking at the Pulp Cthulhu miscast tables when you mess up a spell, and one of them on there is your skin becomes translucent. That was another character I had. I called him the Jellyfish Man. He he was my sneaky guy. So you were just like sneaking around, and people could see your organs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the best sneaking. Well, he also had reflective skin, and uh, he had porous holes in him. So he's kind of like a I don't know. His I don't know if I would actually want to come in contact with this being, but uh, that's what he had. He sounds okay. terrifying. Yeah, I'm, like the what I'm picturing in my head is it's is great and terrifying. Gonna haunt my dreams. Yeah, it, the, uh, maybe. Um, what's that? What's that phobia where something has oh. a lot of holes? You know what yeah. I'm talking about. I can't remember the name <laughs> of it right now, though. <laughs> oh, it's reminding me of those infection. Strawberry phobia. But it dreams about some of those. Oh, and okay, so back to mutations. Sometimes they're bad. So if you're an animal and you get some of the negative, of, or you're a manimal, so you're a humanoid manimal, if you get enough negative ones, you will revert to your base animal of what you came from. So my pig man would just turn into a pig. And that's essentially the death of that character. Unless that party carries around that pig and throws them in a pile of goo and tries to bring them back. I think so you just have it, a pet it, pig at that point. Yeah, that's I like that idea. But wait, I, I want to hear more about this pile of goo. So if you become like an NPC, you can get thrown into goo. Do you like lose all of the mutations and go back to like base character or what happens? It's all based on the role, role there, Brian, because they have um, a mutation table, and that'll tell you what has happened during uh, an instance of mutation climb. So, you know, one, you have to have the factor of being exposed to something that will cause a mutation, then you go to the table. Yeah, I'm not seeing Mutant Crawl Classics in there. I thought I had it in there. I, Dungeon Crawl Classics is definitely in there. And um, I remember the Plantians, if you get unmutated enough, you just turn into a shrub or a cactus, whatever you were. I had a cactus guy that could shoot, like, pin missiles at people. That was pretty fun. Now, sir, do you mean Shub Niggerath? Is that what he looks like? Or Shrub? Um, Uh, No, it's a pun. I got you. But, yeah, I would definitely, um, if Zach does get it up on the drive, um, I would check it out if for anything, the artwork, because I saw, you know, a purple six arm cockroach rocking a laser gun, shooting a, bo- a big robot with chainsaw hands. So that's beautiful. do with that what you will. <laughs> awesome. Put that in the MoMA. Yeah. Also, it's super serious setting, by the way. Literally. So, so serious. <laughs> if I recall, <laughs> I recall our, one of our Greg's played this with us and it was a nightmare. Oh no! Oh no! My character randomly That's died. Uh huh. I I know um, the scenario that I was introduced to. We were all like hunter gatherer beaten tribesmen, all living in a happy little hippie home up in uh, New Seattle. Also, it has a new world map, so everything's 
super changed. Uh, and then some raider gang come in, came in from the waste and laid siege to our uh, city. And they started, basically they started putting everybody in these purification tanks. And what it would do is it would strip all mutations from all the villagers. So, you know, you would either come out being a normal human or a pig or a pile of goo if it didn't work out for you. And so me and my group, we stole, stole a couple of their trucks and we're driving out of t- town. And I know my pig man, he was mounted on a Gatling gun shooting people while we're having a pretty much a Mad Max Fury Road kind of moment where we're wrecking in the vehicles and shit. It was awesome. Sounds like a blast. It was. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I have on Mutant Crawl Classics. Gunny, what else you got there, Zach, for us? That's all I have. I've only ever played it. I've never ran it. I do enjoy the variety in character creation, how you can be a lot of things. Both Mutant Crawl and Dungeon Crawl offer a lot of things. Dungeon Crawl has like Elf and like Hobbit or Halfling and Dwarf. So you have some varieties there. You can be a cleric. One of the gods is Cthulhu and on top of a whole bunch of other old other gods so you can have fun there so it's definitely a system where like no it's just pure variety and um both both them they have a whole lot of tables to roll on so randomness is funness for both of them i was gonna say that's that seems like the coolest and most fun thing you're just going through this and you're just you continue to roll especially as far as like mutating you never know what's going to happen and I, that just sounds like a whole lot of fun. Well, it's definitely not. It's like it's a system that like rewards randomness because like you're not expected. Like I'm I'm making John Wick three times. Like well, John Wick only has like two in his stats. Yeah, it was funny. I ended up playing like six characters of Mutant Crawl Classic, and you know we rolled for all of them, and all of them had so much flavor to them. The the guy that was uh, DMing it for me. Uh, one of the characters was, you know, pretty much on his deathbed. And I was game for it because I was rolling. I was playing six characters and it's a lot to keep up with. And I was like, OK, yeah, he dies. And the the DM's like, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. And I think he uh, he was just falling in love with every single one of the characters. He didn't want any of them to die as well. And I'm like, just let him die. <laughs> so that that was fun. Just how unique everything one of them was able to be all generated randomly. Any additional thoughts, Brian? Um, I'm down to learn or play pretty much any of the, um, you know, games that we've talked about or, you know, um, the mutant one, definitely uh, mutant call crawl classics sticks out uh, just because I, I'm a fan of, um, you know, broken things in general. So, and it sounds like pretty much every being in that universe is broken in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. And uh, RC, I would like to try Morkborg because I I want to see what this whole passing the torch kind of gameplay creates. Because if it makes a situation where no one's the DM, then that's awesome. Because then we all just get to play. Yeah, I'm so I really want to play. That that sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I hope that it uh, can alleviate the curse of the forever GM for all of us for once and for all. I, I'm just wondering, kind of, what kind of leverage do we have? You know, okay, RC, he did the last room for us, so we go into the next room, and then I all pipe up like, well, there's 
RC's well, Pat, character's mom. Pat, you, and, can't, you can't be like, hey, this is the fuck Pat room, and then it gets over to Pat. Well, this is the fuck RC room. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was wondering the nuance. Not that that's where I was going with it, but it was just like, oh, I'm going to inject something terrible happening to RC's backstory or something like that. I, I didn't know what kind of, uh, um, what kind of leverage the well, players I mean, have. I guess it's all up to interpretation and actually giving it a shot, isn't it? <laughs> Depend on who's at the table, really. <laughs> yeah. And this is a room of horrors just for oh, RC's character. Everyone enters the next room and it's just on fire. Oh, that's great. What happens? We all die. Thanks. Just, just thanks. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> Definitely would be able to uh, cause chaos to certain Gregs. Uh, in that scenario, it could happen in the inverse. Like, oh, it's full of clowns that all want to murder us. Clowns still right up Borg, Borg's alley. Oh yeah, oh. that sounds great. <laughs> all right, good. I'll keep that in my pocket for when we play. Just uh, next room, murder clowns. Sweet. Sweet. Just, just, I... just get YouTube ready with the clown music. You'll just get bludgeoned by balloon animals, and there will be a lot of squeaky noise. Like. <laughs> <laughs> or you get run over by a unicycle. The boss is a, a clown car where the clowns just keep coming out of the car. <laughs> the room is just have... slowly filling with clowns. <laughs> you gotta blow you gotta blow up the car, otherwise you're gonna suffocate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there definitely needs to be a clown with like one of those flowers that spray water at your face, but instead it's acid. So the Joker. Yeah, oh yeah, he probably did that. You guys, I, he, I he, like, he probably I, did. <laughs> that yeah, sounds like a fucking Joker. I haven't seen it, but it probably it definitely happened. Oh no, it's it's famous from the Joker. It's infamous. Um, probably shouldn't say this, but I personally loathe clowns. Um, Got it. So COC I, clowns I, all the time, I I, and I'm. Pretty sure when we played Unland, I was like, "Are there any clowns here?" And you said no. I was like, "Good," because I would not play if there were clowns. But well, no, I, I said I said it had a clown theme in terms of like some of the statues, but there weren't clowns walking around. Yeah, yeah. I think we now, were both it, on the same page with that one. Brian. Is there anything in particular about clowns, Brian? I, I'm kind of curious. Um. Yeah the the um, painted on emotion on a clown. Um. It uh, and just not being able to like discern their like what their face looks like because of the heavy makeup. Um, I just don't like it. It, it, it it's also true for like heavily makeup people, like in general. I just very big aversion. What about mimes? Oh, um, they're okay. I, I'm not as worried about mimes. Maybe it's the you know the monotone colors, but I mimes don't bother me as much. Got it. What if the mime is sealing you in a glass box? Uh, and lighting dynamite. He, yeah, I'm, yes. I mean, he, he didn't need to do the second half. Yeah. I don't... That was just for, that was just for flair, Zach, the dynamite. You know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be clear and honest when you're finishing up. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us for our OSR episode. And join us next week when we cover the board game Shadows Over Camelot. And thank you for listening.